We turn into 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. Thinking about Labor Day, I started looking up verses in the, in the Bible that had labor in them, and I ran across this verse, and I said, well, you know, I've, I've heard that verse before, but I don't know if I've ever read before that verse and, and put it in context. We were talking about that in our, our youth class this morning. We got into a, an analytical lesson this morning about how we read the Bible in literary context, how we read the Bible in historical context, how we read the Bible in theological context. But as we look at one verse and we look at the context here, um, I think we see some great things. And I looked back up above this and I said, well, I've read those verses before, but it's always at a funeral. And it's amazing to me that some of the verses that we only read at a funeral, uh, I want to hear those things while I'm alive. I want to I hear those things that God's got for me uh, why th- that I'm alive. And so I want to look at that this morning. I want to ask you to continue to pray for our mission field. Uh, Amy, do you know if uh, Tori and Brandon are going to be affected by this? Are they going to be okay? Okay. All right. As you notice, we partnered with Tori and Brandon Warner, uh, some of Amy's folks. Uh, they've been gone, what, five years? Uh, and we prayed with them, and they're in South Africa. And this decision could affect them coming back home. We don't know at this point. We also prayer partnered with Jim and Laura Gentry that are in China. And uh, they're, they're about the only people in that area where they're at. And so we pray that these things will work through. The United States has always been the biggest missionary sender in the world. And we want that continue to remain. But we also have to be very, uh, we, have to be, we have to be right with the money. You know, we have to be good stewards. And so... Um, his heart, he said, the worst thing I've ever done is think about bringing people home. But he said, we know that we cannot continue to be successful upside down. So just ask you to pray for, for this this morning. Well, let's look at labor this morning. Your labor is not in vain. I just wanted to encourage you this morning. We, we think about working. We think about wages and uh, getting paid and, and what, what does our labor get us and in the, in the you know, everyday life, we have a job, and, or maybe we were retired from a job, and we went there every day for so many years, or, or we've had several different jobs in our life, and we've looked at different things. Maybe you've just had one career. But the reason we all work, I mean, we love our jobs, but we also like getting that paycheck uh, at the end of the week, and we take that, and we, we earn our thing. And so sometimes people say, well, man, I don't know. I don't know why y'all serve the Lord. Is it really worth it? You know, you, we live in a world that's just so kind of upside down and people don't really care. And it seems like everything Christians are trying to do today is kind of getting knocked by the wayside. And nobody wants to hear from us. You know, I've noticed that they're okay with us as long as we stay inside these walls and don't say anything. But the minute we stand up for the Lord, they want us to shut up. And I don't like that. Because God has asked us to speak up for him. He's asked us not to be obnoxious, but he's asked us to speak up on his behalf. And we are to be doing that. But I want to tell you this morning that your labor in serving the Lord, and, and maybe you're not on a stage like I am every week. Maybe you're just there working in your family, working at your job, taking care of your children, your grandchildren, but you love the Lord, you read his word, you pray, you're trying to, to, to live that life that's a, an example so people can know that this Bible is real in your life. And you know, we've heard the old saying that you may be the only Bible that people ever read and And I want you just to know, guys, in this crowd this morning, this little smaller crowd, intimate crowd, your labor is not in vain. That God is going to take care of you. He's going to do some mighty things. And we're we're going to see some things in the future 
uh, that are just going to, it's just going to be so big that we, we've read all this before and we know about heaven, we know about eternal life, but I just don't think we can get it in this little brain that we've got how big and glorious and amazing and wonderful it's going to be to be with Jesus and not have to put up with all the pain and the heartache and the sin and temptation and battling that every day. Guys, I think it's, it's so far beyond what we can even imagine that we it don't even register on our radar most of the time. And so today I want you to understand that. Our first verse, as a matter of fact, I looked on the bulletin after I got this together and there was one on there, the wages of the righteous is life. Now it also goes on to say that those that don't follow Christ, the wages are death. For the wages of sin are death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And so how do you, how do you, how do you get paid? What is your wages for serving the Lord? What is your wages for being righteous? Of course, Christ makes us righteous through him, but what is, it's life. It's life. Let me show you the last verse, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. This is how we're going to end, and I'm going to go back. Let's look at this verse. It's up here on the screen. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, very familiar verse. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. And guys, we need to hear that today. We need to hear just, we need to hear just keep standing for the Lord. You stay solid. You stay strong. You stay firm. And how are we going to do that? We're going to do that through the power of the Holy Spirit and through Jesus Christ. Okay? There's no other way we can do it because it's going to get tough. Let nothing move you. The Bible says be careful for the, of those that are, are swayed and blowed about by every wind of doctrine, you know? We hear one day people are saying this. We hear another day do this. We hear another day do this. Guys, listen to me. God's word never changes. It stays the same yesterday, today, and forever. If it was wrong back then, it's wrong today. If it was what God wanted us to do back then, that's what he wants us to do today. He wants us to just keep on keeping on. I know that kind of sounds boring, but he wants us to be faithful. Those that endure to the end shall inherit eternal life. Now, that's not saying that we're going to work for our salvation, but it's saying that those that stand firm, those that grasp on to the true salvation, that grasp on and the Lord grasp on to them, those that will endure and stay strong and stay faithful to the Lord, when it all comes down and all over, you're going to be right there where Jesus promised because our God does not lie. He does not lie. What else does it say? Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. It's not time to sit down. It's not time to quit because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Can you say amen this morning? You know your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Nothing done for the Lord is going to return in vain. It, it's not going to be a mess up. It's not going to come back. Anything you do for the Lord will have benefit. It will have eternal benefit. It's very important. Well, this verse starts out with therefore. Let's see what therefore is therefore, as the old preacher said. Anytime you see that, you're supposed to read back before that. So I'm going to take you back to verse 35, and let's just read a little bit about what kind of new body we're going to get one of these days, all right? Why are we living for the Lord? Why are we laboring for the Lord? What, what's good is that going to do for us? And we go, well, we're going to heaven someday. And that, that's great. But let me show you what, how that, let's, let's kind of flesh that out this morning. Let's kind of look and see what that means. Verse 35 in 1 Corinthians 15. But someone will ask, and, and Paul here, he's, he's kind of always anticipating questions from the crowd, Okay. 
there's always some, some dejectors out there. There's always some conscious objectors that are going to shout some questions from the crowd. And so what Paul was so great at, by, led by the Holy Spirit, is that he could know the crowd he was talking to, and he'd ask the question before they could, and he'd answer it. But there's two big questions that people are sitting around. They don't believe in a resurrection. And, and guys, listen to me. We're in 2015, and the way a lot of people are living, they don't believe in a resurrection. They don't. Because they sure wouldn't be living like that if you believed that the Lord's coming back someday. So what they're thinking is, we're going to live a life, we're going to do our thing, and when that last breath comes, they're going to put us in a, a dirt hole somewhere and cover us up, and that's it. Boy, that sounds exciting, don't it? That's what a lot of people are living. I don't believe in your God. I don't believe in your laws. I don't believe in your Bible. We've heard that just this week. I don't believe in none of that. Well, that is your prerogative. But I believe in a God that does not lie, and I've heard that God said that he's going to come back and he's going to judge every one of us. Now, there's a way to avoid that judgment. It's through the blood of Jesus Christ. But if you don't do that, you've got every right to do that. But you are going to be judged. The Bible says every day, one day every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. And every means every. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, whether you believe it or not, that Jesus Christ is what? Lord. Boss. In charge. Has the right to do whatever he wants to do. Because he is sovereign. But here's the two questions about resurrection. Verse 35. But someone will ask, how are the dead raised? Question number one. Number two. And with what kind of body will they come? What's it going to be like someday when we're raised? We started Wednesday night on our 100 most asked questions about the end of times. And we got right off the bat, we started giving you a timeline. The rapture, the seven years of tribulation. Halfway through that, the Antichrist, you know, takes over. Then we talked about Jesus returning, the second coming of Christ, and taking up uh, the, the reign, the, the reign of the world, that thousand-year reign. In the thousand years where the devil's bound. We started talking about all that, but we paused a lot at the rapture. And, and this has to kind of do with that, all right? What kind of body are we going to, will they come? How foolish, Paul says. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. Now, I need Brother Fred to come up here at this moment and kind of tell us about seeds and things a lot more. You, you farmers know, you gardeners know, that when you put a seed in the ground, it actually dies. It germates and dies, and then it becomes something else. And, you know, when you plant a seed of corn, you don't go out there and just see a big kernel of corn when it comes up. You see a crop. You see a plant. You see a stalk with ears of corn on it. That's what he's talking about. How foolish. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. The only way, there's two ways you're going to get out of this life, all right? You're going to die, or Jesus is going to come back, and if you believe in him, you're going to be raptured out of here. All right. Verse 37, when you sow, you do not plant the body that will be just a seed, perhaps of weed or something else. But God gives it a body as he has determined, and to each kind of the seed he gives its own body. Not all flesh is the same. People have one kind of flesh. Animals have another, birds another, and fish another. We don't all look the same. 
And you look around this room, nobody looks the same. Unless you've got a twin, you might look close the same, but you won't be, everything won't be exactly identical. But he's made us all different. Animals got a different look. Plants got a different look. We all got a different look. Verse 40, there also are heavenly bodies and there are earthly bodies. But the splendor of the heavenly bodies is one kind and the splendor of the earthly bodies is another. What Paul's trying to do is just get them into the frame of mind. Look, let me just kind of simplify this for you, Paul says. You're sitting there thinking that you've got this all figured out, but it's, it's, as, it's as simple as the nose on your face. That, yeah, we're going to be, we're going to die. Yeah, we're going to be planted, so to speak, in the ground, but that's not the way we're going to come out. There's something going to change us. And he said, when you plant a, a, a seed of wheat or a, a kernel of corn or that cotton seed, when it comes out of the ground, it, it doesn't look the same as when you planted it. And what he's getting here to is, I want to, Paul's saying, I want to show you what Christ is going to do to change us. You say, well, resurrection, what, what if you were sick? You're going to raise up and be sick? What if you had, didn't have an arm or didn't have a leg? You, you're going to raise up and look like that? Now, all these questions that people have, well, how's he going to resurrect you? And so he's, Paul's laying this down. He's, he's kind of bringing them along where they'll understand, all right? He talks about, you know, there's heavenly bodies, stars, moon, sky. There's earthly bodies. 41, the sun has one kind of splendor, the moon another, and the stars another, and stars differ from the star in splendor. So will it be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable, it is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory, it is sown in weakness, it is raised in power, it is sown in a natural body, and is raised in a spiritual body. We're going to be changed. Your labor is not in vain. There's a new, there's a new man, there's a new woman coming, all right? And, and you know, if we're laid in the ground with cancer or heart disease or, or we don't have all of our limbs or we don't have sight or we don't have hearing, Lord said, you're not going to be raised like that. How, what kind of God would we serve that would raise us in a corruptible body? He said, these bodies we have now are corruptible, all right? That means that we're decaying. I've been told all my life, the minute you take your first breath, you begin to get old. You begin to decay. You, you, you begin to waste away. And the Lord said, I'm going to, yeah, you're going to be laid to rest, so to speak, in one shape. But when I bring you out of that grave someday, you're going to be perfect. There'll be no more sickness, no more pain. Your body will be fit to be with me forever and ever. Guys, I just believe that if we came in the presence of a holy God right now in these old corruptible bodies, we would just kind of like the old sci-fi movies, we'd just dissolve and we'd fall to the ground in a powder mix because the power and the glory and the perfection, we cannot even come in the presence of that. So think about this, guys. Even though we're sinners now, we've talked about that last couple weeks and trying to get in there to our hearts and let God kind of spray all that off and clean us up and get us ready for revival, isn't it going to be great someday when we don't have to be revived? We'll just be resurrected one more time and then 
we're going to be ready to go and serve the Lord for all of eternity. And we're not going to hurt. Our back's not going to hurt. Our legs aren't going to hurt. We're not going to have broken ribs. We're going to be exactly what God intended us to be when he created us in the garden. But all this has come as a result of sin. Sin has come and decayed us, and it's killed us. That was one of the curses of sin. The minute you eat of the fruit, what do you say? You will surely what? Die. And so we are crumbling away. We are wasting away. But I'm telling you, you're trusting in the Lord. You're believing in him as the only begotten son. You giving your life to him for all of eternity is going to come back one million fold when he takes and changes us when we get to go be with him. Guys, I'm looking forward to that. Something we need to be thankful for that we look forward to, we anticipate it. I don't, I don't think we anticipate the greatness of God. I think, and you know, it, it's just us as humans. We've lived this way all of our life. This is all we've ever known. We don't know any other way. And so, you know, sometimes you go, well, am I really going to enjoy heaven? It's going to be so different. What are we going to do? You know, you hear people say, what are we going to do in heaven? How are we going to live in heaven? And guys, I think in this old body, we, we just can't grasp it. We, in this old body, we just kind of probably go up there and go, well, this is nice, you know. It's kind of got that way as I've got older in life. We used to travel to places, and you know, we kind of, we've got to be, go to some neat places when I worked with Sherwin-Williams. We'd you know, do, have a good year, and then we'd earn a trip somewhere, and me and Dana's been to Puerto Rico and Hawaii and Cancun, and we've been on cruises and, and all these things. And, you know, at first you was going, man, this is, this is great. But now you go to a place and you kind of look around and you go, it's all right. You know what? I'd rather be home in my easy chair, taking a nap. You know? It's kind of, it's kind of like the, the pizzazz is wore off. It just, it just seems like we live in a time when nothing really overwhelms us. It, nothing really grasps our attention and go, man, this, this is great. And my girls remind me of that. I hear Annie just about, on a, on, about every week. This is the greatest day ever. I love it, man. I love it. Because I forgot about that, Steve. You know, I forgot about that. And not that I don't love life and love my family and I, I love being your pastor. Don't get me wrong. But you know what I mean? We just kind of... Everything's up there, you know, there, you know. So what? You know, we used to, when we was little, man, you got to go out and eat. That's a big deal, you know. Now, if we don't go out and eat, my girls are going, how come we're having to eat at home, you know? Well, that's all kind of wore off. When you think about being with the Lord, and, and see, we're trying to look at it in these old bodies, these old decrepit, decaying bodies that aren't, we're not content for more than five seconds and we're going, how in the world am I going to just enjoy Jesus for eternity? But I'm telling you, when he gives us that new glorified body, and we don't have to fight through our sin and our crud and our junk just to get to worship Christ, and we can go to him with a, with a heart that has no hindrance, that is just totally focused on him, guys, we're, we're going to, oh, we're going to enjoy it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be so good. We're not going to worry about our jobs or our bank account or hunting, even though we love hunting or fishing or, or you know, whatever we love on this earth. We're going to get a new want to. We're going to get a new desire. We're going we're gonna to get a new, oh, that's, that's God. And I get to be with him. And 
And that's, that's what I want to do. But I think when we think about heaven and these new bodies and things on this side, in this old body, we just can't quite get there. And we can get really close. We can get up there and look around at it and, oh, that's nice. But it don't overwhelm us like it should. But I think someday, guys, when we get to heaven, we're going to get overwhelmed. You know, some people say they're just going to fall on their face and, and just lay there in a prone position, probably first thousand years, just worshiping God. Because it's going to be so different. And that's what Paul's trying to tell them. Guys, you're trying to look at this from your old intellectual mind and what you know in this little brain, and, and you're putting God in a box, and you're, you're making what he's doing kind of, Okay, but guys, when you just let God out of the box and you begin to enjoy and just try to imagine what he can do and what he's going to do for you, it will blow your mind. It will blow your mind. Let's read on. Let me go to 42 one more time. So will it be with the resurrection of the dead, the body that is sown imperishable, it will be raised imperishable. We will never die and get sick again. Everybody ought to say amen right there. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory, it is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. Man, only God can do stuff like this. It is sown in a natural body, earth, earth. You know, how did God make the first man? He, he took some dirt and he breathed into it, and a man, there's Adam. We, we have earth in us, okay? As a matter of fact, we're kind of bound to earth. Anybody afraid of heights? You know, I don't like to be way up there. I like to be where my foot is on the ground. We're bound to earth, okay? Some guys can do that, you know? I've watched them take pictures from the top of the St. Louis Arch just leaning over the side. I'm going, 600 feet in the air? No, thank you, you know? But, but that, you know, that, that, that awesomeness, I, I'm, we're just bound to earth. It says, a natural body, it is sown in a natural body, it is raised in a spiritual body. And listen, don't get me wrong, we're not going to be some disembodied state floating around like Casper the Friendly Ghost, all right? That's not, some people believe that's how heaven's going to be, just a lot of people floating around and really don't have a body or anything. But what it's talking about is, right now, our body thinks about earth first and God second, all right? Now, you can say no, but we do. Someday when we get to heaven and get that new spiritual glorified body, we're going to think about God first and foremost and only. So we're going to have a new... And listen, anytime God lists the spirit, you know, man is a triune being, spirit, soul, body. He always, he always lists the spirit first because what he was hoping is the spirit would control us. But what usually controls us? The body. The body controls us. But what he's hoping is that we give our heart to him and he, he infuses our spirit with the Holy Spirit. That will guide us and direct us in what we do. But what usually guides us and directs us is our body. It hurts. I don't feel good. You hurt me. You said something about me. It's always body. It's always body first, then the spirit. God wants us to put the spirit first, and someday it will be that way. If there is a natural body, there's also a spiritual body. Verse 45, so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, a giving spirit. Who was the last Adam? Jesus Christ, okay? A living, giving spirit. The spiritual Adam, I'm saying the spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and after that, the spiritual. And Paul's kind of doing his double talk thing. You've got to kind of, so what did Paul just say? You know, just kind of slow down a minute. Read it one more time. 
So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, a living, giving spirit. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural, okay? How, how was man first? How, how did we come first? We came as a, a, a natural being, okay? We were born of our mother, all right? We have a body. We came that way first. And then we found Christ when we were born again, okay? That term born again, we, we were born in the spirit. And so that's the, way it, that's the way it happens now, but someday the spirit will be, will be first. 47, the first man was of the dust of the earth. The second man is of heaven, that's Jesus. As was the earthly man, so are those who are on of the earth. And as the heavenly man, so also those who are of heaven. And just as we have borne the image of the earthly man, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man. I, I remember the old song, I want to be more and more like Jesus every day. Now guys, when we get to heaven, we're not all going to look physically like Jesus, okay? You, Jesus is going to be recognizable for all eternity. We're not going to be all, we're not all going to be clones when we get to heaven. We will keep our individuality but we will be a glorified person, a person that is fit for serving and living and being in the presence of God. But Jesus, how we're going to be like him is, is our spirit, being able to, to put God number one, put him first. We won't be thinking about bodily things. We'll be thinking about godly things. And that's the way that he wanted us. Verse 50, I declare to you, brothers and sisters, the flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. There's no way we can go to heaven the way we are. We have to go through the door of death or through the door of the rapture. And most of us are going to go through the door of death. Okay? Verse 51, listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound. The dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. That kind of goes with 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 that we read the other night. At the rapture, we kind of explained this the other night. When the trumpet sounds, everyone that has already passed away that knew Christ as their Savior, their body, that seed that we read about earlier, that seed has been planted in the ground and it's decaying. Their soul is with the Lord, their spirit. And so when Christ sounds the trumpet on the day of rapture, now, this is going to happen quick. We're not going to stand around and go, oh, there goes his body. There goes. It's going to say, what did he just say? In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. As I told him Wednesday night, just blink your eyes real quick. Everybody blink your eyes. Boom, that quick, it's over, okay? But those people that have died, that have died in Christ, not all dead, but those who have died in Christ, will raise in the sky their new, their new body, I mean, their, their old body and their spirit will come together and God will glorify them with this brand new body he's talking about. So what was planted in the ground is not what we're going to see when we go to heaven. It's going to be changed. It's going to be brand new. We won't be overweight no more. Thank goodness. We won't hurt no more. We won't get sick anymore. We won't have cancer anymore. We'll be perfect. We're going to be fit to go in the presence of God. Now, if we are fortunate enough to still be alive during that time, who's ever alive, if they're believers... The dead in Christ are going to rise first. And then those that are left, if we're still alive, this happened today, we would all be alive. So those that believe in Christ, 
would gather in with them and meet them in the air, and so we will be with God forever and ever. Isn't that going to be great? Isn't that going to be good? That's what's going to happen. So those that have been planted, and I don't, I don't say that derogatory, those that have been planted from the first verses are going to be raised to a brand new creature. We are living in a body that is perishable and is immortal. All right, is, is mortal, I mean. And when we are changed and glorified, we will also have a body that does not decay and is immortal. It will go on and on forever and ever. We will not age. We will not you know, grow older in heaven. We'll be just the way that God has made us that day. It's going to be something, isn't it? It's big. Listen, I tell you, mystery, we will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash and twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable and will be changed. Verse 53, for the imperishable must clothe himself with the imperishable and the mortal with the immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with imperishable, when, when we that can die no longer can die, is what it's saying, and the mortal with the immortality, those that have a, 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 an expiration date, okay? Right now, we all have an expiration date. We don't know what number that is, but we have an expiration date. Someday when we get our new glorified body, we will not have an expiration date anymore. Isn't that something to think about? That's crazy. And then the saying that is written will come true. Here's what we usually read at funerals, guys, and we need to just celebrate about this. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Don't, don't, don't death scare a lot of people. It scares me from time to time. We get scared about death. But I'm, I'm telling you that Jesus Christ and the cross of Calvary took the sting out of death. All right? I put a quote on Facebook last night. It just, I love this quote. It said, it said to be thinking about that death stung itself to death on Calvary. You know, ever been stung before, you know? And, and the wasp, it leaves its stinger in you or the bee. And you've got to pull that stinger out. And even though you, you, the sting is over, you still got the pain there, okay? When Jesus Christ took and died for us on Calvary. For the believer now, for the believer, death, death shouldn't bother us anymore. Now, we have a human side, and so it does. But if we'll, if we'll think about it just for a minute, we're just going to close our eyes, and we're going to open our eyes, and we're going to be with the Lord. Because the Bible says, Paul said, that to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. So the minute you say, okay, last breath, you close your eyes, and you're going to open them in eternity with the Lord just that quick. I think that's why in Psalms 23 it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. A shadow can't hurt you. Remember, you used to play shadow tag, and we, y'all ever play shadow tag? You step on each other's shadow? It don't hurt you, though, you know. And so we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And so death, the devil, tried to take the life of the Lord so that it could do away with salvation and eternity, but what it did is it stung itself to death. Because who overcame the grave? Jesus Christ. And when he done that, he opened up the way that all that follow behind him, that go with him through his way, his truth, and his life, it takes away the sting for us that will follow Jesus Christ. Isn't that something? When the par- uh, Go to 55, right before that, death has been swallowed up in victory. Then we say this, where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? Someone said that might be a song we sing as we rise up in the air. Where, oh, death is your victory? Where, where is your sting at? What happened? 
I'm alive. I'm alive through Jesus Christ. Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. There's some good stuff coming, I'm telling you. There's some good stuff coming. The sting of death is sin, and the power of the sin is the law. The sting of death is sin, but the power of sin is the law. Remember, we talked about that a lot. The law shows us that we're sinners. You take the Ten Commandments and you look at them like a mirror, and it's going to show you you're a sinner. Because the Bible says even if you've thought about it, you've done it. And so we see that we're sinners. That's the power of sin. It keeps us crumbled up. It keeps us humbled. It, it keeps us beat down. It keeps us from doing what we should do for the Lord because the devil will just come, he'll come picking at you. Yeah, but you remember your past. You, you remember what you did back then. You, you, how, can you get, how can you go tell someone about the Lord? You, you know your past. You remind him that you've been forgiven by the blood of Jesus. I always heard that old saying, when the devil reminds you of your past, you remind him of his future. And his future is a, is a forever and ever in the lake of fire. And someday he's not going to have any power. He's not going to have any power. The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody say amen. He gives us the victory. He gives us the victory, guys. Yeah, we may hurt right now. Yeah, we may not be what we want to be. We may not be as well as we'd like to be. But guys, I'm telling you, this is just a temporary tent. The Bible calls it a tent. And I've said this before, when you go out camping, you, you don't mind staying in a tent for a few days, but you wouldn't want to live there. You know, that, that's why we're never content. If we're, if we're God's people, he said to be content in him. But this whole world, we're not going to be content in it because we're not at home. We're not where we belong. This body is, it's, 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 it's beat down. It's tired of hurting. But someday we will have victory through Jesus Christ. And then we read our last verse, therefore. Now we know what all that's there for, don't we? My dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Isn't that wonderful this morning? So here's what we do. We keep on serving the Lord. We stand firm. We don't let anything get us down. If we do get down, we get right back up. We ask the Lord to forgive us. We ask the Lord to give us strength. And I promise you, the same power that raised Jesus out of the grave is the same power that lives in us through the Holy Spirit, and we can overcome this world. And we got to go to work because time is running out. And there's going to be some people that are going to miss out on this brand new glorified body. And God has asked us to love people in such a way that they don't miss out on it. And so our last screen this morning has got one message. Help wanted. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. And just kind of focus on that a minute. When Jesus saw the crowds, he just cried over them. Guys, when we look around our country today, it makes me want to cry. When I look around the people and, and the things that are going on, I just it breaks my heart. Because there is a God that we know that can change things. There is a God that we know that can change people's hearts and, and take a lot of this hatred out of their heart and a lot of this ill will. And Guys, we're, we're as mad at each other as I've ever seen us. 
We just want to kill each other every day. We're this close to civil war in 20, 2015. We thought that was something that was way old-fashioned. We're this close to another civil war in this country. We may not have to have anybody from over there come and get us. We may kill our own selves. That's what we're going to do. We're going to wipe each other out. We need Jesus. This world needs Jesus, and we that have him, we have a job to do. We've got to go to work. We've got to continue to labor. We can't grow weary in doing good. We've got to keep on keeping on for Jesus Christ. He had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Does that not sound like America in 2015? Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. You know who that is? That's us. Folks that have come to know Christ as Savior. He's asked us to spread the good word, the good news, to plant good seed, to water the seed. And Christ will give the harvest and will give the increase. But we cannot stop. We cannot slow down. Because we know of the great things that are coming. And a new glorified body is just a fraction of what's going to be great about the future and the eternity with Jesus. But it's, it's great to know that. But guys, let's do it. Let's keep on. Invite folks to our revival here next week. Say, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to make all five services. I'm going to make all five of them. I'm, going to, I'm just going to clear my schedule. Guys, listen to me. We can clear our schedule for everything but Jesus. Isn't that a shame? We will clear our schedule to, to, for hell or high water if it's something we want to do. And I what I want to ask you is I want you to give the Lord five services next week. Starting next Sunday, five. That, that's, that's small. Five services. You know, in the old days, they used to go a week and two weeks in revival. I remember my daddy doing two-week revivals. Good night. If I, if I got into football time on Friday night, they'd get me out of here, you know? So we cut it off on Wednesday. Five services. I want you all to do that. And then I want you to take what you learn in that and go out and let's go back to work for the Lord, okay? Let's do it. We can do it. People need to know about Jesus. That is the only answer for this world today. It's not Democrat or Republican or... It's none of that. It's Jesus Christ. That's what's going to fix America and fix this world. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for just looking at your word, Lord, and what all you have in store for us. Lord, you're like a perfect father. Lord, every good gift comes from above. And Lord, as we look at this, we're, we're amazed at what you're going to do to us. Lord, there's so many days we hurt and we moan and we, we ache. And, and Lord, someday that'll all be over. And Lord, not only that, we're going to be able to worship you the way you deserve to be worshipped. We're not going to have to pray about it. We're not going to have to work it up in ourselves. We're not going to have to try to get on fire for you, Lord. We're just going to be on fire for you. And Lord, I look forward to that day. Lord, I pray that you would just help us to commit five services to you for this revival. And Lord, I pray that we'll bring loved ones with us and we will live the life and we will look and let you just kind of look into our soul and get rid of all the things that's going to keep us from you. And, Lord, help us to spread the good news. Lord, we pray for our country. Lord, our country is in a mess. Lord, our country is, is, is destroying itself. And, Lord, we're just, we're just a minute away 
from just total chaos in this country. And Lord, we have just taken our eyes off you. And Lord, we've been saying it for years. When we quit following you, judgment's coming. And Lord, judgment is setting at our door. And it is happening every moment. Lord, help us to wake up. Help us to stand firm. And help us to continue to labor in you because it is not in vain. Speak to hearts this morning, Lord. Help us recommit to you. Rededicate ourselves. Whatever it takes, Lord, help us to get back to where we need to be for you. In your name we pray. Amen.